Fort Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Welcome back to Sports Charlotte. I am your host, Ashley Mahoney. Thank you for joining us today. We have Charlotte Independence defender, Hugh Roberts. Hugh, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? Oh, it's a beautiful day in paradise, and we appreciate you joining us. You are a regular on the podcast. You know how this works. But it hasn't quite worked like this. In a week where it is a Sunday match, a Wednesday night match, and you guys are preparing for a match on Saturday because... That's the time of year it is. You've got one more match to close out August, and then you get to play seven matches in September. That's a lot. That's a lot, a lot. How are you mentally and physically just staying with everything throughout this period? Yeah, it, it can definitely be overwhelming. Definitely with a lot of games coming around. It's a quick turnaround. Sunday to Wednesday is a very quick turnaround. You kind of have to forget games and things, but... I mean, it just makes it even tougher with these off the field issues that are going on as well and trying to watch some things and focus on the task at hand. You might have, you know, we were, had an unfortunate result down in Miami and then on top of these things that we're seeing on social media. And so just dealing with that in the season can be a little overwhelming, but we're up for it. We just feel like we still have a lot of proof, still have a lot to prove as you saw in the game against uh, NCFC recently. We uh, definitely came together and fought through that. So. We know there's, there's only eight games left and it's self push through some things, but it's been you know, tough on different fronts trying to deal with these issues. Now, diving into last night's result, well, if you're listening to this, we're recording this the day after because media is not allowed at, uh, at matches just yet because we're still in the midst of a pandemic, so understandable on that front. But last night wasn't just a three-point night. For the club, it was also the first time that the club beat North Carolina FC in USL Championship. First time that the club had finally topped their noisy neighbors since 2015 in an Open Cup match. But it was also something that the entire sporting world kind of turned and looked at what was going on, particularly Sunday. You played Miami at Miami, and meanwhile in Wisconsin, a Black man, Jacob Blake, was shot seven times in the back by police officers. And what was your reaction when you heard about that? Yeah, I mean, of course I was sad, but I was filled with anger, to be honest with you. It's, it's honestly just very tiring. And I couldn't even, I, I couldn't even come to words for to even talk about things on social media. I've been speaking out, so I, I'm, I have to keep saying something. It's the same patterns over and over and over again. And I mean, we had a game on Sunday, so it kind of distracted us as well from what was, what was really happening because we weren't aware of that until after the game. So after the fact, late at night, coming back on Monday. And the thing is, too, we really don't even discuss things here within the club. So it's kind of, I wouldn't say it's even brushed aside. It's just not addressed. So it's just more so of us black players trying to deal with us. We talk amongst ourselves. You know, trying to comfort each other because we're all going through the same similar things, but it's not easy at all. And, you know, it's just shocking and it's something now that we're trying to come together on and you know, make a statement on amongst ourselves throughout the league. When you look at what started with the Milwaukee Bucks and their decision not to play game five against the Orlando Magic and that rippled throughout the league with 
the two other games that were scheduled for yesterday. Then you see it in the WNBA. You see it in Major League Soccer. You see it in Major League Baseball. Would you, or did you consider setting out last night? Um, see, it definitely crossed my mind. It's tough out here because I live downtown in the city. I'm out here on my balcony, and I was chilling on my balcony before the game, and the Republican National Convention is going on. So what's going on here is a bunch of banners that are being flying around through the city, you know, pro-MAGA, Trump stuff and stuff. And I also go on social media and see the complete opposite, where my people and everyone's infuriated and enraged with what's going on. So definitely it crossed my mind, but my thing is doing everything as a collective unified front. So I kind of, again, realized that it would have been last minute. Who knows if the president or coach at the time would be fully supportive of it. Would the other team be supportive of it? I know it would have been a lot to go into it. And so, yeah, ultimately, you played in the game, persevered through it, ran up in the victory, which I'm very thankful for. But it's tough, even moments before kickoff, when we're on kneeling during the anthem and kneeling during the Black Lives Matter, you know, get tears in your eyes a little bit, you get upset, and of course you have to push it to the side, but some of us channel are able to channel that anger throughout the game and help us, you know, persevere in certain moments, but it's not easy for every black player, I'm not speaking for every black player, because some, I'm sure, can't even play right now, or, you know, yeah, so it's definitely something that we want to do more than just a t-shirt, some clubs throughout the state, yeah, when you hear people say the uh, tried and true cliche of stick to sports, what comes to your mind of this? This is so much more than a sport, or is it if people want you to stick to sports, stop shooting black people? Does it, does it feel like that's the automatic response, or is it a little bit deeper than that? It's much deeper than that. Um, if they want us to sit the sports, then they should go play FIFA, because those are robots, and we're human beings. And it's tough. As a human, watching my kinfolk getting shot down, and I'm, I'm not a father yet, but if you're a father out there, you have a son, of course you're going to worry. Of course I'm going to worry about my father as well. And like, it's affecting our lives. But if it was some social media thing or something that was like a robotic thing, then all right, then no emotion should be attached. But no, this is our daily lives and it's way deeper than a game. We're just using our platforms because we grew up in the same environment. We all know friends and family who, you know, are less fortunate than we are to even be here in this position. So it's us speaking out literally for our family. We don't want the same things to happen to the next gener- generation of families and kids. And this, this has to stop. So um, definitely, definitely it's deeper than I think. And things need to change. I'm glad this movement is happening. I'm very glad this movement is happening. Now, three months ago, when George Floyd, who happens to be a relative of yours, was killed in Minnesota, it seemed like there was a glimmer of possibility that things were finally going to take a step forward or think that there's a possibility for change. Three months later, here we are in a very similar situation once again. And once again, the rallying cry, the battle cry for change is here. People are taking to social media. 
but how do you, you see those people who one second are all about it on social media? How do you get them from posting not just black squares or hashtag black lives matter, hashtag BLM? How do you get them to a place of understanding and understanding that this is not a trend. This is people's lives. Yeah, and that, that, that's, that's just a constant tough battle. It's, that's why I've been kind of even just taking a step back even recently from, you know, just sharing things or even speaking up because this is literally clearly in front of your face and you see the total opposite where a white teenager has an AK walking through killing people on, you know, walking past the cops cleaning. That's probably the only thing I really share just to show blatantly the hypocrisy that's going on in this country and I can only do so much but educate you and hopefully, you know, you're willing to have a conversation with me and your kinfolk. And that's, as I preached for three months ago, as I've been preaching, that is the biggest, most important step, having a conversation with us. Just talk to us. We're human beings as well. And you'll get to know and realize that there's a lot of similarities there. And there's just a big wall and a lot of people are afraid to get out of that comfort zone and their bubbles to just have this conversation. So it, it's, it's tough. And... It's just a draining fight, and um, I can't imagine what my ancestors went through if I'm feeling this way right now. So, I mean, it's definitely a fight that's for the long run. I'm never going to stop advocating for my people. But it's definitely something that I tell people still to just have conversations and keep talking and keep, of course, sharing is nice, sharing is going to be great, but I need you to now understand why we're going through this. You have to understand now, because three months later, this is going on still. Pray to God there's not another instance soon, but there's a high percentage that another instance might occur. So we need you to you know, stop saying, oh, this is terrible, oh, this is another black people at it again kind of thing, and, you know, wake up. Just help us out. Now, you've been doing the work over the last several months. You were doing the work long before that, but particularly yourself and your teammate, Brandon Miller, who are podcast regulars, and we appreciate you both for, for joining us in the work that you were doing. But you created a foundation where you support local organizations that work on equity and disparities that particularly impact communities of color within the city of Charlotte, for instance, Black Love, Creative Player Foundation, and so forth. And the work that you've done with them, what has that experience, has it confirmed things that you'd already known or is it, has it been an eye-opening experience about what these people go through on a daily basis, particularly something that you know, Brendan touched on earlier is his collaboration with Heal Charlotte and the reason he decided to play last night was he was able to donate $30 from himself as well as from his brand prime focus goalkeeping to Heal Charlotte, who has a $10 million fundraising initiative to address housing insecurity within the city of Charlotte. And that's something that's particularly heightened with the pandemic. You see 10 cities that are popping up all over Mecklenburg County, particularly north side of Uptown. But that's something that unless you are aware of it and you take the time and the energy to learn about what people are experiencing, it's very easy to just continue to drive down, try on and say, oh, I'm just driving to my destination. Oh, they're tense. I don't know what else is going on and so forth. And just be in your own bubble, if you will. Yeah. So 
I mean, that's exactly why I even play myself. It's, it's deeper than us. It's deeper. We're representing not only our family, we're representing our people. And uh, Brandon's donating every game, and I'm donating every game as well. So it's an opportunity for another you know, kid or family to get fed and another opportunity for you know, maybe they get to an apartment for housing. So that's why we do it because it's, it's deeper than us. But, yeah, like you said, it's been a tremendous experience. Yes, it's confirmed some, confirmed some things like with Creative Player, how the struggle has been still with Urban Cities, with the pay-to-play soccer system. I've been preaching on my podcast for a while now. The pay-to-play system has been hurting soccer for generations, and that needs to change. And that's what Creative Players is focusing on, and it's definitely helping the minorities here in Charlotte. But an organization like Block Love has changed my whole life and changed my perspective on, I mean, not only the city, but just all cities in general. It's funny because I live here in the city and I've been going jogging throughout the city since I lived here last year. Lo and behold, I've been running past Black Love's headquarters and like I set up camps this whole time, constantly running past, you know, homeless people that I'm becoming cool with now and since I've been going there regularly and starting to see my face some and I'm, I've, I've been seeing them in the city for some time now. I didn't know, realize it was this close. Sometimes you don't realize how close things can be to you. So for me to just be out there and realize that they're in constant, people are in constant need of breakfast every day. Three meals a day is very rare that people are getting fed three meals a day, and that's a blessing to even, you know, have food on the table and over your head. So it's an eye-opener just to see sometimes, like, Black Love, when I went there, my most recent time, had a, a little giveaway going on, and people are so excited for just a little tent or a little cooler or a little speaker or something, able to get a raffle win. And, like, those little things go such a long way, and we might take those for, for granted sometimes. And so... It just motivates me even more to, you know, keep playing, keep doing what I'm doing, my foundation, my t-shirts, and just, yeah, everything. You mentioned the importance of making sure that people know your face, that this is not just you writing a check and saying, here's some money for helping, great, great, wonderful, but the importance of saying, no, no, I'm, I'm here, I'm in the community, and I'm going to do everything in my power to help you. How is that journey going for you? Yeah, yeah, that's the most important thing. Um, a lot of people sometimes just don't and you know, disappear on them. And that is not just for me and my sake where you might, I'm sure you might feel good about these things, but they also get some, some sense of hope seeing you giving back and seeing your face there regularly, smiling happily, even the, the workers there as well are just happy to see you and you put a smile on somebody's faces. And that can go so much further than a meal itself. That can maybe help them persevere one more day in their day when they might be feeling down, you know. And those little things go such a long way where even maybe, I mean, we can't do change at the games now, but if it was, I would have been brought people to the games for free. And that's something that I'm definitely going to, from here in the city and wherever I go, I want to bring as many people to the games as possible because we have that power to do that. That's what I want to do. So, I mean, those little things go such a long way and it's deeper than the game, it's deeper than... A lot of issues that we're facing, and everyone needs just love in general. Now, how can people get involved with your foundation and the work that you're doing if they want to reach out and support, whether that's financially or otherwise? What's the best way for them to get in contact with you and to purchase the shirts that you collaborated on with the Queen's English Soccer Show? Yeah, so follow me on all um, social media accounts, Superhuman, and my foundation my podcast at Backyard Footy. Just hit the links in my bio and then you'll see the t-shirt link and you'll see the GoFundMe, GoFundMe link where you can just donate straight 
But not only that, just follow along with the season, follow along with me and my donations, match me and donating $10 every match, $10 for a shutout, and 15 for a goal for myself. So just follow along and not just that, but as the ties I said earlier, the biggest thing is just keep educating yourself. Of course, donating is going to be great, but I don't want it to be where you donate just feel good and disappear. Like this is, as we're seeing, it's still constantly going on and, and these issues aren't stopping. So please just keep, you know, if you want to talk to me, hit me up, DM me, ask me questions. If, and I'll, I'll be glad to help respond at some point when I can, but just keep having conversations that only enlightens you and only, you know, sheds a light and educate yourself some more that you can reach on to your next vote. As always, we appreciate you, the work that you're doing, the advocate that you are in the community. And like you said, I'm just going to echo this a little bit. Don't just donate and disappear. Donate, do the work, it's worth it. And in the meantime, in between time, we're going to make sure that we continue to bug you for the rest of the season because you got one more match left in August. You got seven for September. And September, yeah, it's one of those months where it's just a little bit shorter. So it's going to be really busy. It's going to be tight turnaround, and we're going to be here covering all of it. In the meantime, the the on-the-pitch side, the -the off-the-pitch side, there's going to be a lot of coffee involved because why not? And as always, make sure that you check out our newsletter every Tuesday morning, Queen City Football Chronicle, or more affectionately known as TCFC. You can head over to the charlottepost.com, go to the sports tab, and all your soccer-specific content is there. You might even find another episode with our guest today, Hugh Roberts, as well as a few other familiar faces and maybe some first-time guests. You never know. It's a party. Let's have some fun. So, as always, Hugh, appreciate you. Sports Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com.